0: By being in church today, you have lowered your risk to become clinically depressed or commit suicide. Isn't that that's good news, right? That's a good thing. By attending church once or twice a month, it lowers your risk of becoming clinically depressed or committing suicide. Um, this is according to an article in the Journal for Preventative Medicine, and this goes for every demographic. Regardless of race nationality gender education or economic levels now. There's only one exception to this There's one demographic that in the study they found this didn't apply to if you are lgbtq Attending church dramatically increases your risk of suicide They found that as much as 40 percent more likely to commit suicide If you attend church and you're part of the lgbtq community Now the bible has incredibly restrictive views of sexuality. We're going to talk more about that next week But I think we can all agree Something is wrong if any person comes to our church and they leave and want to kill themselves Something is wrong if the places that are supposed to be glimpses of jesus's kingdom on earth Places that are supposed to introduce people to eternal life instead drive them towards death And I think if we're honest We can admit that in america churches have become gatekeepers to keep the wrong kind of people away from jesus instead of inviting everyone and anyone to encounter him and experience the abundant life of apprenticing under him and this isn't a new problem right we read in the new testament where people kept trying to come to jesus and the disciples kept trying to keep the wrong people quote unquote away from jesus Children lepers tax collectors and prostitutes all at various times try to approach jesus And his disciples are worried about how it might look and they're like, no, 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 no. it's not a good time No, no, no. We, you can see him later Jesus was always more worried about people than he was about what people might think And I think today the church is way too worried about what people might think and worried way too little about actual people So over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about church and culture and sexuality and I'm a little bit nervous about it, but we're going to do it together and it's going to be okay To get us started. I want us to look at a story of jesus together Written by one of his closest friends named john. It's in john chapter 8 verses 1 through 11 And they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him But jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger and they kept demanding an answer So finally he stood up and he said all right But let the one of you who has never sinned throw the first stone And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust some more when the accusers heard this They began to slip away one by one beginning with the oldest until only jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with a woman And then jesus stood up again and said to the woman. Where are your accusers? Doesn't even one of them condemn you? No lord. She said and jesus said neither do I go and sin no More the law which the religious leaders Claimed to want to follow demanded that the man and woman be brought forward together But they just brought the woman Which meant that they were picking and choosing which laws to punish and which laws to excuse now Some scholars believe maybe one of the religious leaders Was the male guilty party in this adulterous situation And he was in an attempt to cover for his own indiscretion was making a spectacle out of the woman We don't know that that's a possibility But I have often found That those that yell the loudest about the sins of others are often the ones most trying to distract attention away from their own grievous sins I mean just check the headlines right google the word pastor or priest and sex scandal The links that come up the stories that come up won't be from last year last decade They'll be from last week The church in north america has been loud about a lot of issues But sadly, I think we're loud to distract people from our own failures Rather than give them a vision of a better future what do politicians do right when there's a big scandal They try to move the conversation to something else And I think many times that's exactly how we've operated as a church in our north american culture Now in this story people always want to know one thing What's the big takeaway in this story that everyone always asks? What did Jesus write in the dirt? Like every time I've ever talked about this, taught about this, spoken about this, people are like, What did Jesus write in the dirt? We don't know. John didn't tell us. He didn't think it was important enough for us to know. I know some scholars suggest that he was writing out the sins of all the religious leaders in the dirt. And as they look down at the dirt, they realize, Oh, I've done that. I've done that. That's me. That's me. Maybe, but I don't know. Have you ever written in dirt? I grew up in Tennessee. We spent a lot of time playing in dirt. It's hard to write in dirt. It's hard to read what's written in dirt. I don't know. These scholars apparently never had to play in dirt. They must have been rich, rich kids. Um, I like to imagine that what Jesus drew in the dirt was a line. He drew a line between himself and the woman between himself and the religious leaders between himself and us Because despite all their blustering the religious leaders were just as guilty as she was They imagined themselves as judges, but jesus was the only one righteous enough to cast judgment A basic tenet of the christian faith is we're all equally in need of jesus. That's christianity 101 I don't need a little bit more than you need it People out there don't need it a little bit more than us in here. We all equally need jesus Some of us aren't like oh, i'm almost not needing jesus and some of us are like I need jesus so bad We all desperately need jesus Your sin doesn't make you need him more. We all need him The fact that any of us have sin at all makes us all equally in need of the forgiveness that he offers to everyone the religious leaders the pharisees the woman us We're all on this side, and Jesus is over here. But instead of building a wall on that line, he reached across it to pull us to himself. LGBTQ plus people don't need Jesus more than you do. They don't need Jesus more than I do. We all equally need Jesus. Jesus didn't die only for people with heteronormative sex lives Jesus isn't only available to people who have perfectly kept commands about sexuality and that's good news because all of us have failed God's ideal standard for sex For years in America the church has operated like a cultural bully We used our popularity to manipulate the masses into moral conformity But as culture has turned away from the church our hands have reached for stones and essentially what we say is, oh You won't live the way we want anymore I got a rock here. I'm gonna throw it at you You better live how I want or i'm gonna hit you with this rock You won't walk and step with us anymore. Fine. We'll beat you into shape You cannot stone people into following jesus. It just doesn't Work We can only love people into following jesus now some of my peers will use their platform on sunday to condemn i want to use my platform to invite i want to invite people to come and experience jesus jesus famously said in john 13 35 everyone will know you are students of my way of life by how you stone other people who disagree with you no he didn't say that right what did he say by how you love other people When we're known more for our religious positions or political positions than our love we're doing something wrong Now that doesn't mean the bible doesn't have restrictive views on sexuality. It does But it means that we're leading with the wrong foot. We're imitating power instead of jesus We're demanding obedience instead of sacrificing ourselves for the good of someone else. We're reaching for stones Instead of picking up our cross Throughout the galleries today, I've piled up some rocks as a visual reminder because our tendency has been to reach for stones to throw instead of building bridges. You can use stones for two different things, right? You can hit people with them, or you can build a bridge and cross the divide and reach people. Jesus never made that mistake. Now, the religious leaders here thought adultery was on trial, but Jesus saw a person. Too often, I think, We we think we're attacking an idea and we forget that we're attacking people who identify with that idea Behind every political talking point and cultural idea is a real flesh-and-blood person with hopes and dreams who weeps and laughs Just like you and I do Um, Fred Rogers was famous for his TV personality. Mr. Rogers in Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Anybody watch Mr. Rogers? I love Mr. Rogers. I, I grew up on Mr. Rogers. I'm pretty sure that I have an imagination today because of Mr. Rogers and the, and the, uh, the episodes that I watched and rewatched over and over again. Um, here we have a picture of him in 1969 soaking his feet in a kiddie swimming pool with the neighborhood policeman on the show. Now, this seem, seems simple, right? But at the time, it rocked the country because in 1969, swimming pools were still segregated. Years later, he was asked about this. It became one of the most influential moments on the show culturally. He was asked about why he was willing to do something so controversial at the time. And here's what he said. There isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you sat down and listened to their story. He thought simply demonstrating an act of love and asking someone different than himself to share their story would change the world. And you know what? It did. Later that same year, the Supreme Court passed a law... Um, ending the segregation of public swimming pools in America, many historians still look back to this scene and say this changed something in America when people saw this simple scene. And why did Mr. Rogers say? What did he say? There isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you've heard their story. I think the challenge for us is take time to listen and learn the stories of people who don't look like you or live like you, learn the stories of people who think differently than you do, who vote differently than you do. We can never reach people we despise. We can only reach people we love. I think the church in North America is faltering because we despise the culture instead of loving the people in this culture. Now in this story that we read today the oldest religious leaders left first. I don't think that's by accident I don't think they were like, oh, I don't want to miss the good meal times You know the restaurants are going to fill up. I better leave first, you know Or they weren't like I want to beat the crowds beat the traffic. I'm going to leave first That's not why they left the longer we live the more we have failed and been forgiven Notice what jesus says if you're without sin you can throw the first stone Your tendency My tendency my temptation might be to look at our culture and want to cast a stone But if we do that we've forgotten how much we've been forgiven The best evidence that someone has actually experienced the grace of jesus is how they show that grace to other people Jesus is judge the rest of us or on the other side of that line. We're sinners We're all equally in need of jesus so many times we start ranking our sins and we stop start forgetting that we are all sinners. Remember Nelson, the bully in The Simpsons? He's like, uh, we got him up there. He's famous for his uh, iconic ha-ha in Simpsons. It's like in almost every episode, 90% of the episodes. Somebody does something, sometimes he's not even in the episode until somebody does something stupid, and then he just pops on the screen and goes ha-ha, like that. So imagine that... Bart Simpson gets an F on a paper, and uh, Nelson's sitting next to him, and he goes, ha ha, but he has an F on his own paper. You know, he's just as guilty. He's done the exact same thing. They both failed together, and yet he's laughing at the other one as if he's better. If we were all in school together, every one of our papers would be marked with a big red we begin to think of ourselves as if we're just a little bit better than someone else before you go and judge the action of someone else's sexuality ask yourself have i perfectly kept god's standard for sexuality and before you rush to say yes i'm perfect i've done it all remember what jesus said in matthew 5:27 through 28 you've heard it said do not commit adultery but i tell you if anyone looks at a woman lustfully he's already committed adultery with her in his heart It's not just what we do with our bodies. God's standard is so much higher than that Jesus said the standard has to do with attitudes in your heart and thoughts in your head Jesus set sky-high Expectations for sexuality And we've all failed this standard Our job is not to rank how one person might have failed differently than us Introduce others to the same god Who has shown you mercy for your sexual failures? We're not judged But I thank God that the judge we have is merciful We have a judge who would rather suffer for us than make us suffer When people come with stones, he sends them away empty-handed When people come with sin, he sends them away clean Why do we spend so much of our time as churches talking about our religious, theological, or political positions When we could be talking about Jesus? He's so much better than any of our positions Notice how the story ends An encounter with jesus will change your life church is often shouting at culture attempting to use accusations and condemnation to change people's behavior But at horizon, what's our tagline? We believe relationships not religion Transform people's lives if we want people to change it won't be through accusations and condemnation It will be through relationships relationships with us and relationships with jesus if you want people to change introduce them to jesus and let him sort out who is in and who is out let's put down our stones let's reach out and take someone's hand because i think that's exactly what jesus would do as we close today i want us to do a couple things one i want you to examine your life have you cast some stones Maybe you need to apologize to some people you're trying to beat into changing their behavior Words can be a welcome Or a weapon. How do you use your words? Maybe you look back and your life is filled with sexual regrets so many times in church The topic of sex brings up shame and guilt Take heart. We have a god who forgives And if you've been banged up by some stones tossed by the disciples of jesus, I plead with you I beg with you don't let the worst things done by the followers of jesus or done in jesus's name Keep you from coming to jesus and experiencing the radical life and love that he offers You I believe that jesus is holding out his hands and whispering. Where are those who condemn you? I do not condemn you come. Let's pray lord jesus. Thank you so much for this challenge to my own heart uh, Lord, I, I really would much rather talk about easier things, not hot button topics that so many times in our culture mean that we're talking past each other and we're, we're missing each other. We're, we're failing to build relationships with people. God, will you help us to have a tender heart to reach people who don't look like us, uh, who don't behave like us, people who are different